0: So before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that if you wanted to find out more about my new book, The Gap, The Little Space Between What You Know and Don't Know, maybe you just want to dip your toe in the water, you want to see what it will read like or feel like, you can actually download two sections for free by heading over to explorethegap.com. That's explorethegap.com. And it's the two sections titled Introduction and Worldviews. And in those sections, you'll learn things like what is the gap, what makes the gap small, what you can expect from reading the book, you know, what's the first lesson you'll need to close any gap, what's one of the most critical strategies to close any gap, and you'll even find out what the Rolling Stones can teach us about the gap. Who knew? Who knew? So, with that being said, again, you could just head over to explorethegap.com. That's explorethegap.com. Okay, now that I've got that out of the way, let's jump into today's episode. Who's ready to switch it up today? My name is Doug Vigliotti, and welcome to It's Not What It Seems. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in today. This is the fifth episode of the new book club for 2019. And these new book club episodes are just conversations about the book of the month between my oldest brother, Darren and I I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. But if you want more information on the book club, there will be a link in the show notes. In short, we select one nonfiction book a month, take some notes, then get together and chat about the book. This is what was recorded and what you'll hear today. Right now, it's completely informal. You can tune in, not tune in, read, not read, whatever you want. The option is all yours. Each episode airs on the last Sunday of every month, which means June 30th for the next one. And the new book for June will be announced at the end of this conversation, so make sure you stick around and on my upcoming reading list at the end of the month. So today's discussion will be about the book of the month for May 2019, Just Kids by Patti Smith. Patti is a writer, performer, and visual artist. She gained recognition in the 1970s for her revolutionary merging of poetry and rock. She has released 12 albums, including Horses, which has been hailed as one of the top 100 debut albums of all time by the Rolling Stone. And in 2007, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Just Kids won the National Book Award in 2010. Here's a little bit more about Just Kids. It was the summer Coltrane died, the summer of love and riots, and the summer when a chance encounter in Brooklyn led two young people on a path of art, devotion, and initiation. Patti Smith would evolve as a poet and performer, and Robert Mapplethorpe would direct his highly provocative style toward photography. Bound in innocence and enthusiasm, they traversed the city from Coney Island to 42nd Street, and eventually to celebrated roundtable of Max's Kansas City, where the Andy Warhol contingent held court. In 1969, the pair set up camp at the Hotel Chelsea and soon entered a community of famous and infamous, the influential artists of the day and the colorful fringe. It was a time of heightened awareness when the worlds of poetry, rock and roll, art, and sexual politics were colliding and exploding. Two kids made a pact to take care of each other. Scrappy, romantic, committed to create, and fueled by their mutual dreams and drives, they would prod and provide for one another during the hungry years. Just Kids begins as a love story and ends as an elegy. It serves as a salute to New York City during the late 60s and 70s, and to its rich and poor, its hustlers and Italians, a true fable. It is a portrait of two young artists, a scent, a prelude to fame. With all that being said, Darren and I handled this book chat a little differently than previous ones given the nature of the book. It's more of a book that offers jumping off points to talk about concepts and ideas, so we used a lot of quotes to to do just that. I hope you like it. Okay, enjoy today's conversation about the beautifully written book, Just Kids. Full disclaimer. Darren and I completely understand we only see the world through our perspectives, and just like any one perspective, it's affected by our experiences, environment, biases, luck, and a plethora of other factors. This means we'll often use anecdotal examples from our own lives. We only know what we know, and even that is under scrutiny. Neither of us are or claim to be subject matter experts in many of the topics we will be discussing. After all, this is exactly why we are reading these books. It's important to remember this is nothing more or nothing less than a conversation between two brothers about a book they both read. So this book was kind of interesting in the fact that it's a lot, a lot different than any other books that we, we read, obviously. So why don't you, just real quick, Why did how did we end up on this book?
1: Yeah, Because it was your suggestion.
0: Yeah, so I mean... How did you even become aware of it? The first time I became aware of it was a recommendation on the show. Seth Godin had mentioned it on the show as an audio book that he thought we should or I should listen to or the audience should listen to. And that's how I first became aware of it. But, you know, it was really I, I think it was just the right time for me to, to, to read this book. There's a couple of projects that I'm working on uh, that I think combine both. A lot of the macro concepts that are in this book, uh, relationships being one of them, uh, artistic expression being another one, you know. So I think, you know, I think it was just the right time for me, and I was just interested, uh, you know, to, to to read it. And it was just, uh, it's it's always hard to to pinpoint like the one thing that says we should read this book next, right? But there there is, I guess, a general through line in me that when I start feeling like I get boxed in. I want to do as much as I can to kind of go the other direction. And so we read a lot of books that were in the same vein, I should say. Uh, Not in the topic, but just heavy learning books. And so I was like, I think it's time for a memoir, right? Or I think it's time for something that's a little more, we'll use the word, Romantic, romantic. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up again <laughs> yeah. as we've had we've had our definitely conversations yeah. this about that. romantic? A romantic book? Um, I mean, why do you think we ended up on this book from the outside looking in?
1: I don't know. I I think that a, a while back you started kind of going down a little bit of this path, maybe like a year or two ago, almost. Where like all of a sudden you kind of were like liking the Rolling Stones, <laughs> and and you were drawn to this kind of like more. Kind of like gritty artistic vision, I feel like, where it was just like people who were passionately kind of living their art, right? Yeah. And just that's what they do, you know. Like this is my life, um, yeah. and I think that's very much been kind of like your journey as a writer. Yeah. Where you've gone from, you know, someone who writes. Yeah. In your mind, maybe yeah. to being a writer, and now you're really kind of starting to identify with. Creators and and artists and um, you know I think now we can apply that term a lot more broadly. Yeah. You know I think when you think of artists, yeah. you know we're painters and novelists and but I I really think today, yeah, the opportunities to be a creative and and for the things you create to be considered art are like the, like those doors are just blown open. You know like no totally and I think somebody like Patty Smith is is an early kind of version of that where not an early version of it, but, you know, in the, in the sixties and seventies where she's kind of like one of these people who is still active today, who is basically saying that, yes, anything can be art. You know, if it's, if it's what you truly feel and, and it's what you see and it's true to the expression that you're trying to, you know, bring into the world. Yeah. So I I think you respond to that.
0: Yeah. I I don't think you knew that
1: that was definitely going to be in this book, but
0: no I didn't um with that being said I think what you're trying to articulate is is definitely true in, in a sense and it's you know she's I don't want to say a pioneer but like she's someone who definitely champions that idea you know and right. champ and, and and carries that uh, carries that idea proudly so as I started to read it you know as you start to read the book that pulled along the engagement for me a a lot you know Uh, but what was interesting is you know i was talking to you about this about the book before we got started was it took me a while to get into the actual rhythm of the book because i don't innately read or write in the manner that and she writes beautifully for for the the record but i don't necessarily read many things that read like that so for me to get on like her beat of how her writing flows, it took me, you know, a minute to to understand how the book was gonna gonna flow. But then once it did, it was like, you know, it kind of just yeah, it just you know took over. And 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 you know, I think it's really like a it's a book about love, obviously. You know, just kids. The idea of just kids is is they're they're two kids, right? You're, they're telling the she's telling the the love story, or I don't even want to say it's a love story as much as it's a reaccount of the relationship between Robert and her. Robert Mapplethorpe is the, you know, for anyone who's listening who hasn't read the book, uh, Robert Mapplethorpe is her lover in, in right. this in, in, in this book. and she, she refers to him as the artist of her life. The artist of her life. There you right. go. But I, well, the reason why I say it's more of a relationship, it's talking about the relationship, because it goes far beyond when they were just kids in love, right? Obviously, she wrote the book, and she's been married since, and there's... You Know there's been other lovers after him, uh, so it, it talks about what happens after the relationship, too. So it's, but if I'd say 80% of the book focuses on like a five year span from 1967 to 72, and then at the end, it kind of goes to yeah. they go their separate ways, but that five years of like when they first met, which was pretty ridiculous, like serendipity, yeah. like yeah you know it was just crazy. He, he like rescues her on a date like yeah. she's on some like random yeah. date like with some guy and like and they just happened to be
1: in New York at the time when like essentially every important American creative happens to be there at the same time you know
0: yeah it, it was it, well that's the other thing that's like the other thing that really helps the book in not just her artistic expression and the way she writes, but it's also <laughs> it's guys quite the setting, right you have you know Max's Kansas City, Andy Warhol. Bob Dylan is, you know, makes it up like makes it yeah. shows up at one of her shows yeah. and like, yeah. it, you know, she goes Jim Morrison and Neil Young yeah. and like all these. And here's c- Jenny Joplin H- maybe I'm the one who gave her the nickname Pearl. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't know that
1: story, but apparently that's what's kind of implied.
0: But yeah, yeah, so it's like there's a, quite a cast of characters that that yeah. are that are you know. And there was th- someone sitting on the <laughs> stairs. Oh, it was Jimi Hendrix. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. So it's like. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. Yeah. So, you know, so and it's th-
1: funny how they just pop up too. Oh yeah. She doesn't like make a point to like talk about them in like, and here's the time I met Jimmy. It's just, here's another person.
0: Yeah. Which so, is funny. You know, so the other thing too is like, I think, you know, we were having a little, we were, it was funny before we started this conversation, we were kind of talking about how, how is this conversation going to go? Because it's a lot different than any of the other conversations that we've had on this show with other, with other books. In the sense that there's a lot we can learn, and we'll talk about a lot of the stuff. But like how we were going to structure our conversation, and so we elected to do it through via quotes, right? And kind of just use excerpts from the book to to just chat around it and talk about some of the major concepts, because you know it's not the easiest thing to just talk about. I guess I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, well, I guess let me ask you this question: What do you think the major message of the book was? I think the major message of the book
1: is that love and art are kind of like the most pure ways that we as humans express our true selves. Love and art. And and the relationships, you know, are, are loving relationships that we have and the the art that we create and share with one another. You know, I mean, that really, to me, like, seems to be the kind of driving thing. So, like, the the art is there. It's, it's basically, like, the thing that her relationship with Robert, like, always revolves around, right? And pretty much her relationship with all the characters that yeah. show up in the book. I mean, I call them characters, but they're people, yeah. real people. You know, there's just this constant theme of, like... Okay, they might have seemed a little weird or they might have been off, but we're 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 in this and we're creating something. Yeah. And this person's writing and this person's painting and this person's making plays and yeah. It's just all about like expressing and trying to find something that is true, you know, and so that yeah. you know, that, that search for meaning, you know, that that romantic view to yeah. bring it up again, that there's gotta be something more to this, there you know, and art is how we transcend, and and through you know loving each other and having these relationships, you know that's how we transcend like just the the pure physical,
0: yeah, being
1: you know. So it's a very like spiritual in that sense. That's what I got.
0: Yeah. You know? So I I think yeah. I, I mean I think I agree. I think the other th- big part of it is it's a book about support, right? It's a book about having the freedom to be able to explore art. Right. To explore what you want to do with art to be able to explore your own artistic expression, right like and, and and having somebody in your life that's just supporting you through that and I think that that is was a major message that she was trying to to convey and and she almost in the book makes it seem like he was the one that was like the well she calls him is her blue star, right? And where it's like he's the guiding light, like the one that's forging the way, like with this grand vision of who they their destiny, which is why he wants to go to Max's Kansas City all the time and hang out with you know and try to hang out with the Andy Warhol crew and and do because he 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 envisions them being them in, in a sense and being in that crowd. And she's just kind of because he's they got this fiery vision it's like blazing a path for her and she's just super appreciative of that and that's like what she's trying to uh, articulate i think throughout the throughout the book and you know she even says there's a quote in there he said you know he sought to see what others did not the projection of his imagination and saying nobody sees things as we do patty like so he's saying he's like trying to inspire her constantly in the relationship and i think that she's the way that it comes across, I should say, is she's super appreciative of that, reflecting back on it, and she tries to be really, really humble. I guess, in a sense, you know, we talked about that a little bit, and, and take that that approach.
1: Right. It really comes across that, no matter how their relationship was going, yeah. And I, mean, I say relationship in terms of how we typically think of relationship. They're like their friendship, their their uh, romantic relationship with one another. No matter how that was going. That he always supported her in terms of her art, yeah like he was always basically saying, "You should write more, you should do this, you should make these drawings, you should sing, you should you know very very supportive, very encouraging, and I think you know she was there for him too in that same way, and I didn't write the quote down, but what was the, the you know they they made a promise to each other, yeah, it was which a is vow. neither one of us would
0: leave until. Yeah, it was a vow. You know, I, I know. I feel bad too. I didn't write it down either. But they made a vow to each other, and they yeah. didn't ever break it. And they, they yeah. the, and she makes that clear until in
1: the, the until you know neither one of us would leave while the other one still needed us or so, something along those lines. And we and really, it was in relation to I believe the, the art. Yeah, you know, more than anything, you know, more than anything else. Yeah, um, really, just interesting. I mean, when I was reading the book, like it, I definitely got swept up in the kind of beautiful tale and I I was talking to you about this how when you think objectively about what she's describing right she's like oh it's 1967 and I just put all my stuff in a suitcase and I show up in New York
0: right and there's a great quote from that part that I know you Uh, I've been talking about it Uh, I'll I'll cite it right now she says um, it was a good day to arrive in New York City no one expected me everything awaited me
1: I mean, like, that's romantic. I mean, that's, like, <laughs> this idea that, like, the whole universe is is there, and it's just, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen, you know, like, well, so and, thing and I just I... got to keep moving, maintaining this forward momentum, and so she does that, And but, like, before you hit yeah. your point, the, the point I was going to make is just that when you really think about it, she's like, I showed up in New York. I slept on a you know on a staircase in yeah. front of somebody's house I didn't feel afraid I had nothing to eat it was cold I had nowhere to sleep you know and then it just proceeds like that where it's like yeah. she meets Robert and then you know they don't have any money and they live here and and then the house then it gets robbed and then they move here and it's basically like a waylay yeah. for like junkies that are like on the way out and, it, it, and he starts getting gonorrhea he it has gonorrhea bad. he's and got like a like, uh, she's like stealing steaks and putting them in her <laughs> pockets and like you know there's they're peeing in a cup on the floor and You know, it's like it's so far out of my experience, but yet somehow through all that, it still seems like they live this like amazing bohemian life where like they're just it's this is what it is to create art. And like you said, they're sacrifice, right? They're sacrificing like any kind of like what
0: we would consider normalcy to really just pursue this. I think I think that that idea, the idea of sacrifice is something that societally or culturally we are we find really endearing. Yeah. You know, and that dates back to Yeah, well the starving artists. You and you know, you gotta suffer for your art. It is in that capacity, but it's anything. Like anybody who sacrifice it's the it's the athlete who sacrifices right. all those days in the gym. It's religion, right? Jesus sacrifices on the cross. Yeah. Like it's this idea of sacrifice yeah. you know, spreads through society <laughs> and you know, we, we we have this like attraction to it. And it's almost like um i don't know I, I i haven't fully fleshed out this this yeah. this thought but i i i know that it exists right because mm-hmm. we see it all the time you know we we're, we're the underdog story we're attracted to the underdog because the underdog you know seems to be sacrificing such a great deal to take on the goliath right mm-hmm. um, i mean and this is very much like a an underdog story i mean like you can't
1: really paint patty and robert I mean, we, you know how they end up, right? They're both famous artists, right? And she's a famous musician. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like you know, she's uh one of the pre-originators of the punk scene in New York state Like she's super, yeah, yeah influential. culturally influential. But like, you can't look at them in 1967, just kids, as anything but like underdogs. Like you can't put a bet on them at that point and go, these are the two that are going to. So this is another
0: big thing that I think comes through in this book. And it's kind of an ode to the title. Just kids is like, they're just kids. It's completely uncertain and random what happens throughout life. And yes, they had a vision that they were trying to achieve with the art aspect. You know, they, they wanted to create um, and, you know, and they were doing it in every capacity possible. Even the necklaces that, you know, they were like waiting to go into diners and get the eaten lobster claws and making shell necklaces <laughs> out of the, like the... The lobster claws. Yeah, the lobster yeah. claws that were already, that were eaten by other people that were in there. So, I mean, they were they were completely committed. to that, But, but what I, where I was going with this was, you know, things happen randomly, right? Like right. like these dots, When we, we, we talked about this before we started, she's connecting them now because, you know, she's far advanced in her life. So looking back on it, you could connect these dots. And everybody's life when you look back on it in that manner, you could connect dots and you could say, well, if this didn't happen or if that happened this way, then that might have not have happened. But the reality is, is this is the story and this is the way that it panned out. And it's just this idea that who knows, like anything happens if you just continue to follow your interest. And I think that you know there was no intention on her part to be the Patti Smith that she is today. Her goal was to just create the art that she was creating. It wasn't right. uh there was no secondary benefit right that she was thinking of.
1: no, she wanted to live the life of the artist and her heroes were artists she loved you know Baudelaire and rimbaud and and all the and and uh Picasso and you know.
0: So the other thing too right before we jump off that is from that quote that, I, that we said before was you know it was a good day to arrive in New York City no one expected me everything awaited me. I think that that it, like she writes it and it is romantic but it, it exists for everybody. Right. Like that quote exists for everybody. No one is ever expecting you. Right. No one's ever expecting you to do anything. You know except for be the person that you were yesterday because people want you to be the same person over and over again but we can. that's a whole nother going down a whole nother rabbit hole but what I mean is no one ever expects you, and everything always awaits you. But the way that she writes it in this, it comes across in that way because that's the tonality, and we know her story. Right. But it's the it's really just a, it's a truth is you can go to New York City today. No one is expecting you, and there is whatever you want to do is there for you to do if you can manage to do it. Yeah. You know. So it, there is there is a romantic component to it, but it's also there's a basic truth that's hidden into that into that statement yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 But we can get off that. We can get off that. No. <laughs> you know
1: what? I was thinking, though, there's that bit where, you know, again, just to go back to the point I was making about how you you would never bet on them. It's at the
0: end of one of the chapters. I think you, you had noted it before. Oh, uh, yeah. As it turned out, it was I who got one of the best horses. So
1: where was that? At end of which chapter? That was at love? the
0: end of the Hotel Chelsea chapter where okay. they were about to go their separate ways and right. move into different. And she was basically insinuating all the people, other artists, were dying. Right. They committed suicide, they died, and she was saying, as it turned out, me, the girl who Yeah, sat at that table initially and felt all awkward and out of place, just there with Robert. Just there with Robert. Now I I was the one who got the, the best horse out of all out of all of us. Right. You know, and it's like again, that's like a big idea that I could say this and it could sound really romantic, it could sound really like self helpy, but it's the idea that like there's two sides to every coin and like you, yeah, you don't know how things are going to turn out. Right. Like, and you don't know who's going to be the one. No, (laughs) you know, you don't know. And it's not saying that you're striving to be or like anything. Like it's just, it's just the reality. Like, like, we could look at a group of people and we just don't you
1: you, you just don't know you yeah. just
0: don't know yeah you can make your guesses but you're probably
1: going to you know be wrong <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. and so yeah. and she's the one telling the story you know yeah. and she's the one that's here to tell it
0: to totally. you know uh, of of a lot of these people so uh, here's a funny quote going off of what you said Though I was still the same person, my social status suddenly elevated. My Keith Richards haircut was a real discourse (laughs) magnet. That was funny. I thought of the girls I knew back in high school. They dreamed of being singers but wound up hairdressers. I desired neither vocation, but in weeks to come, I would be cutting a lot of people's hair and singing at La Mama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, it's like this idea of, it goes back to the same thing that we've just been talking about, of randomness and like... yeah. Although I will say this much, it, it there is a lot of
1: randomness in this story, but one of the other things is that the positioning that she happens to find herself in, it's random that she kind of gets there, but she's like literally surrounded Yeah. for the, all of those years she's in New York by like, she's like in a, in a cauldron of creativity, right? Yeah. There's just artists of all types. Yeah all around all the time and like that is what they're engaged in. So like, you know, I might have a conversation with somebody about, you know, the baseball game. She's having conversations about poetry and paintings and music yeah. and and like she's fully immersed. Yeah. And so, you know, full immersion is certainly going to help in the sense that, you know, like it just gives you a lot more exposure and a lot more opportunity, yeah. right? And then if you're committed to it and you're going to keep showing up every day and doing that work, then you know, you're, you're increasing your odds, right? Yeah. Even if you can't control exactly what's going to happen, yeah. you're certainly making connections and, you know, you're doing really, really, she's like artist networking in New York City without really intentionally trying to do it. But sure. that's kind of what happens, right?
0: Sure, yeah. And it, There's a book that I read called Real Artists Don't Starve. It's by Jeff Goins. And he, in that book, he basically, you know, it kind of lays out like a formula almost for how, It's a myth that the starving artist is a myth, you know, and that's the the thesis generally of the book. And he lays out how you can, you know, that real artists, they don't starve, right? And and one of the examples that he uses in the book or one of the the chapters is about environment. And it's about cultivating an environment and and, 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 and understanding that that is a really valuable component to any artist that's trying to thrive is being around other people doing various forms of art. So yeah, I mean, I think that was a really, really big uh, point that she brought up. Another one that she she kind of brings up in in the book is, everyone took it for granted that I did drugs because of the way I looked. I refused to shoot up. So she was saying, although she does then say that she started to smoke marijuana, but I don't, she didn't at that point. I don't, or maybe she did a couple times or something. But basically, what she was saying was, people were assuming because of the crowd that I was with, yeah, that I was shooting dope you know, do an acid, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? And it, it it wasn't the case. And and so again, you know, maybe that was like, you know, with looking back on it, maybe that had something to do with the fact that she was able to yeah, have one of the best horses or, you know, as she puts it, or, you know, it's hard to always just connect the dots and, and, and like or, or like dominoes, you know, like one thing leads to the next, you know, it's hard to do that, right? But, yeah. you know, you could kind of speculate. Definitely. I mean, it's definitely interesting that,
1: she hangs through that crowd that whole time without really, yeah, without the drugs part. Because without knowing her story, I never would have, like, of course, I would have even, yeah, said the same thing. I'm like, no, oh, there's no way she went through that whole scene
0: and she's not, you know, she said drugs yeah. weren't a part of it, you yeah. know. Uh, here's another quote that they had We needed time to figure out what all this meant, how we were going to come to terms and redefine what our love was called. I learned from him that often contradiction is the clearest way to the truth. What does that quote mean to you? I don't know, actually.
1: I'm getting stumped by a lot of this. Uh, probably just that, you know, it's that whole idea of like normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. And just because it's what's normal and what everybody does or says doesn't mean that it's the right thing or the true thing. And so sometimes, you know, the you do have to cut. Against the grain in order to get to something that's a little bit more true or real, right? And as you've pointed out, you know, you get a lot of pushback when you try to do that thing. But, you know, if, if that's, you know, your North Star, you know, that you're driving for and you stay true to that, you might
0: create some meaning or find some meaning. I, I don't know that she's using the word truth, Right, because what, what was the? It was I learned from him that often contradiction is the clearest way to the truth. Right, I
1: think she's using it in the in the in the figurative sense, like to learn, like you know, what's my truth, true purpose, my personal truth, right? Yeah. not the absolute universal truth of you know of any given thing. And it's, you know, you some of these kinds of things are are the kinds of things that you're only going to be able to find out for yourself. And if you're just following what you know, you refer to as like you know this, these standard narratives that we create you know, sometimes you might be happy or, or be content, but you also might feel like there's something else that you should be doing. Right. And I think what she's committed to and what Robert's committed to is they're committed to the idea of pursuing that something else. Yeah. Right. At all costs. Whereas most people, I think kind of have that in childhood. Mm. And then as you kind of grow into an adult, most people kind of, give up on that something else and it's not that they live bad lives but they always have that kind of nagging feeling something tells me she I don't want to put words but something tells me she doesn't have a nagging feeling of I regret not pursuing this or that or the other thing because it seems like that was the thing she was always going to do above all other things right she
0: even sacrifices I mean at the beginning of the book we didn't talk about this at all you know she she has a a baby a baby uh, you know and she has a C-section, yeah. right, and, the you know, delivers the baby. Yeah. She gives the baby away to adoption and then moves to New York City. Yeah. She basically
1: says after she gives the baby away, I would not return to the factory or to teacher's college. I would be an artist. I would prove my worth. You yeah. know, like she, I mean, she really was like focused on the idea of yes. living the, the life of an artist and, and, and then being I think, an artist. I think
0: that that's probably why maplethorpe- Robert Maplethorpe was such an impactful figure in her life, right? Because he's the one who is the guide, essentially. Right. That initial guide that paves that way and right. fortifies that idea in her mind when she gets to New York City as, wow, like now this is, it becomes even a little more real in, in, in that regard because he's... Now she has someone to do this with, yeah right? yeah
1: you what you wonder like what i mean it's it's almost impossible to imagine in any way that she becomes the person she is without the chance meeting of of
0: Robert, right it's like like you just can't i mean well i think I think one of the clear through lines for a lot of creators is they do find somebody who gives them that power to create and the freedom to create and it shows up in different people's lives as, as different people or as different, you know, but there always is, I think that person, because it, it's, you know, I talk about this, you know, we've talked about this a lot. It, it, it's, it's hard to create and ship your work, right? It's hard to do that. It's hard to believe that what you're creating is important because there's so many people creating so many different things So it's like that whole idea of permission, right? Like we are looking for permission and in reality, you don't need the permission, but we're so like searching for that. And so when we have somebody who becomes that influence in our lives, you know, it's it's a powerful thing. And I think you see it with a lot of different artists. And, And, you know, I mean, I mean, I know it's happened in my life. I mean, particularly, you know. You know, my editor is someone who empowers me all the time and in a good way. And it's like an empowering thing to be able to create what you want to create. And like it's it's not easy to find that because there's always people that are out there telling you, No, 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 this is how you have to do it. No, 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 this is the way you should do it. And in reality, if Patty Smith there's no record company in the world that without letting her blossom into the who she had to blossom into it's going to innately say yeah that's the way you should sing it and that's the way you should write it and that's the yeah. way you should do it it just it just doesn't like it doesn't work like that yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't i don't know i can't i can't really
1: you know there's a constant struggle with human expression and you know art and it's kind of like this constant battle between the idea of there are the forms and then there's pushing yeah. against the form so like you know like she responded you know early in her life that she tells a story about when she went to the uh philadelphia museum of art i believe with her with her family and um you know she saw the the picasso paintings and they were extremely influential to her because they were so in her mind they just they broke the rules, like the cubism and, and yep. you know, this idea. And, you know, the in the early 20th century, you know, like the whole modernist art movement it was this whole idea of really pushing back against the classic forms and saying, you know, okay, these were the ways that it's been done, but now I'm going to bring it out of me. So instead of looking out at the world and you know drawing a painting of what you see, we're saying here this is my interpretation. The, the art is coming from within me, yeah. and now like that's a that's a, an idea that I think people now kind of take for granted as like just a given. Of course, you know artists create art, and it comes from them, and it's an expression of them. But that was not always like what art was. Like it had we had to get to a place where that was what art could be and i think she very much embraces that side of art like yeah. she's not trying to create art in imitation of something else yeah. she's trying to say it can be this or it can be this and, and him too and and like even when you're reading the book and you know i didn't really look up a lot of the stuff but even when they're when she will like describe some of the art pieces that they're creating yeah it's, it's, and i'm just yeah. like it's like here's uh you know he would take a piece of barbed wire and wrap it around a picture frame and spray paint it with this. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, uh, and, and, you know, but that's, that's it. It's like, this is, this is, I have this vision of what it's going to be and I'm going to create it. And, you know, to find an environment of people that aren't going to push back against you and just say, Hey, you know what? That's, that's great. You know, you, you need to keep doing that because that is, true yeah you know and and i think i struggle with that because and i'm not even you know i don't create very much but you know even what i do create i can feel the pressure of what it's supposed to be and i feel like i got to put out this perfect piece from nothing and it's it's so inhibiting and and to let to like be able to go against that and have the people there to support you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I'm kind of hearing yeah, I you, mean, you know, no, it, it is. And it. I mean, I
0: think, I think this is some that, you know, we've, you know, we've talked about, you know, a quite a bit, you know, not, not in this conversation. And it's, I know from my personal point of view, I, I find that to be, and again, it goes back to maybe why I was drawn to the book and your original assessment of where, how it came to the book is like, I, I really, I don't want to say I agree is such a rough word for this. It's like I really like uh jive with it. I don't yeah. know. I can't I can't think of the right word choice, but it 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 makes sense to me because it's something that I'm very aware of in the sense that people always want you to do it a certain way. And it's not that it's bad or it's good. It's just this idea that there has to be this one way to do something is an idea in in my mind that just doesn't yeah I don't understand it it doesn't yeah. it like it it doesn't make it it's like a lie it doesn't make sense it does there's no truth in in that idea to me even though there's people that will tell you you have to write the book two hundred pages you have to have you know you each chapter has to be there's got to be twelve chapters they've each got to be twenty yeah. pages long like it's just like this this rock solid way of like and I could go down a million rabbit holes to say why that might be the case. It could be the the business side of things. I don't know. It could be a million different things. Yeah. But the, just the general idea of it has to be this way doesn't ever sit well with me because it just doesn't logically make sense to me. Yeah. It's like a Kobe Bryant. Uh, he says, you know, I don't understand lazy people. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't understand people that think that it has to be this way. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. Like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to understand that idea in any capacity.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because why? Why does it matter? Like, why why would we get so worked up about it one way or the other? You know, it's like you're going to create some stuff and I'm going to see that stuff maybe. And then I'm going to say, you know what would make that stuff better? if you did it this way and it like, it, it really, when you, when you lay it out like that, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And like, I've had this debate with uh, a friend of mine, you know, um, quite a few times where it's like, you know, what is the role of criticism? What is the role of, you know, having these objective, you know, forms? Like, is there any true value to that? And, and I do think it's a yin yang kind of thing. Right. And where it's like, you know, like the conservative, aspects of, you know, well, there are some ways that have been developed that people spent yeah, yeah, hundreds of years, you know, perfecting. And then, but then you always have to have that, like, that push against that, right? Because that's what creates that dynamism that constantly moves things forward. This is why culture evolves. This is why art evolves. This is why technology evolves. This is why ideas evolve. Because, you know, you have people that are willing to come up and say, all right, that's how it's always been done. I'm going to try it like this, you know, and, and I think you identify with that like very strongly,
0: right? I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with identifying like that because I think it's people that identify with that that are essentially like pushing things forward. I also think that the the role of the people that are a little more conservative is, is also to constantly kind of say, yeah, you know, hey, look, there there are some ways we've figured out that are good. I think that either extreme can potentially be yeah. you know depending on the context now i don't think that like you painting like a wild man in your basement <laughs> with no regard for like ultimately that, that that really isn't gonna hurt anybody right so like there's degrees that we're talking about here depending on what people are doing ultimately like in this sense we're talking about we're talking about the art that people create
0: right well it also the goes, writing what well, it, it the, also the, goes back know, to it also goes back to what are you doing it for well
1: right right
0: and so like it's like okay are you doing it like what is your objective for creating whatever you're creating you know so is patty smith's objective to become the rock and roll hall of fame you know millionaire like no, no. absolutely not like that's not what her objective yeah. is that's and like side effect of it's a side effect process of the process that she's doing yeah. and like it's i think that we we lose sight of that sometimes where it's We always have to, and like this is again, it goes back to like a basic self help concept of like always asking yourself why, but it's true. It's like, why are you doing it? Why are you painting the painting? Why are you creating the song? Why are you writing? I wrote a whole article, Why I Do What I Do. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Because ultimately, if you can justify whatever you're doing to why you're doing it, then what else, then honestly, what else matters? Yeah. You know what it, it, for you know what else matters because that's the reason why you're doing it. You know now if you're trying to achieve something, yeah. If you're trying if your why is something and you're I want to sell 1 million books. That now guess what? You might be way out of alignment on what you're on what you're doing. Right, right. <laughs> then then following your vision might not be the best way to might, go about might that. Might not be the best way to go about yeah, that. Yeah. You know, so I think that, that that really that shines through too and and clearly you know Patty Smith is somebody and Robert Mapplethorpe are both people who yes they ended up in an outcome that a lot of people probably desire but it wasn't because they were focused on that outcome <laughs> and this yeah. is goes back to you know gap principles right yeah. the process over outcome right but it's true right yeah you know one of, one of the things that i think um so we kind of we kind of went off the book and onto like yeah, this. Yeah, no, idea. but I
1: mean, I think th- I think those themes are there in the book, right? There, this is why books like this are exist and and why they're good to read. Yeah. I mean, like you know, uh, is the story of Patty Smith and Robert Maplethorpe like that important to know? No, no, right? probably not. But does it? tell me something about, you know, human beings and, and why they live their lives and why they create the things they do and why they, you know, have joy and why they have sorrow and, like, all the things that you find in, like, the great novels that have ever been written. And, yeah, it's all there. And and I think one of the amazing things is to be able to look at a story like this and, and just see all that stuff. And and it makes you think about, you know, why do we do any of these things, right? And yeah. why does all this stuff matter? And, you know, and I think the thing, you know, one of the things that I've been, I've been spending a lot of time, as you know, yeah. in the last bunch of months, thinking about like, art, you and, know, art and the role of art. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to kind of conceptualize this idea that like, we have our cognitive, thoughtful brain processes, right? Yeah. But we also have these emotional feeling Part of our brain that actually like preexisted the 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 cognitive you know deep thinking part of our brain right that yeah. allows us to have that like you know really robust you know um, conscious thought that that we that we have, and I I really think that like art is just what we do to engage that part of ourselves, that that feeling yeah. emotional part of ourselves. And like, we might not never truly know why, what is going on in our brain that, that causes us to have that need, but it's the way we can create meaning and find meaning. And, you know, I'm I really bought into that idea. And, yeah. and that's why I think we all respond, or a lot of people respond so emotionally to some form of art, yeah. right? Like you, you know, you can get like deep into a song, like yeah. deep, you know, like you, you really feel it. And I have moments where like music literally brings tears to my eyes. Yeah, Like I'll be driving in the car and like the musical swell in a certain yeah. way. And it doesn't even have to be words. And like, you know, I'm, I just, yeah. my, te- my eyes are all teary. And I like, I don't know what is even happening to me, but it ha- it's happened. But something in there in my brain is responding to that thing that some other human being created for some reason. Yeah, And like, that's like pretty deep. human interaction connection right there in in a weird way over time that like here's some person i have no idea i don't know them yeah they felt something and they created it yeah and i experienced it and it moved me emotionally yeah like there's something really deep about that that is not like a rational cognitive process that that i'm engaging with in those moments and i'm really trying to understand that because i very much have that rational you know, scientific side of me that wants to understand what's going on. But I don't know if
0: yeah, if I can ever know. So this right? is a really interesting thing that you're bringing up because this, I think this is kind of a transition in my, I don't know if it's interest or learning. So for a while, I was really, I was deeply engulfed in this rational, super rational uh, point of view where I was looking at everything from a very like, does this make sense on a rational level? But then over the last couple months, I would say, I've had experiences where I've recognized where my emotion was just so powerful and like my emotional experience was so powerful that to ignore that would almost be like a disservice in my life. Mm-hmm. Like if I physically ignored that and only looked at the rational point of view, I would be like doing a – like it would be a health hazard. Mm-hmm you know to not embrace this emotional element because i think innately as humans we we're, we're, we're emotion we're, we 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 act on emotion right we get moved by emotion we we do things because they make us feel good we do things we don't do things because they make us feel bad right. like we it, we're not that complicated in that regard and sometimes when you introduce this whole rational and I'm not saying that I'm not right. I'm yeah. not like, but I'm saying like I, I've kind of like been counterbalancing it now with trying to understand more. And so if you see that right and even some of like the work or you know anything that I'm doing, it's because of that, right? It's because I'm really thinking about that emotional quality yeah. more and more now. More so than, and and again, this is another thing that this book kind of brings out. It's like it's it's an emotional book more than it's more than it's a rational book. Well, yeah, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, (laughs) you know, yeah, and and
1: I think really what it comes down to is 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 you know you need both. You do, you know, and I think sometimes the word irrational gets thrown around connected to emotion and like intuitive response and feeling. As if it's like a negative, and I think when it's an it's a negative, if we don't acknowledge that it's a thing, yeah, right. I think it's I think it's almost like rational to embrace your irrationality, right? Like yeah. it makes sense to understand that yeah. part of yourself and not deny the feeling, not feeling, emotion-based part of you, and always say, you know, you know, let's let's turn this into, uh, um, you know, the the actual, you know rational explanation of it i, I, I suddenly pops into my yeah. mind one of the things that i always used to say to you when we used to watch the giants games and you know you were you were always a very analytical <laughs> yeah, <I> fan <laughs> and i would say to you like i am analytical like 24 hours a day yeah. seven days a week and for three hours i want to yell at the television <laughs> and be emotional because like I know there's, like, reasons why they're doing the things, but the primary reason why I watch the football game is not to to dissect it, like, analytically. I can do that tomorrow or the day after, but in these three hours, I just want to say, oh, that was stupid, and and I want to feel the emotion, the elation of the win and the pain of the loss, and, like... I think that's what people connect with, right, yeah. with sports. I mean, I, I don't deny that. So like, it goes you, back to it goes back to why you're watching the game, right? But you, but but you can, you don't have to be all or nothing. No, it could be, you know, like I'm fifty, this and fifty, but and I think that's life in general. You know, yeah. I don't think personally that, you know, you want to be all one way or all the other way. Although I would say like. I get the impression that Patty Smith is is pretty far <laughs> on the emotional side, and I'm not saying she's a, she doesn't come across as an irrational person, but she's definitely like you know oh, yeah. multiple times throughout the book, you know, like it was a Monday and I was born on a Monday and that was a good sign, yeah.
0: and this and you well, know she, very much so importance. Here's actually you so know things a, like that. Here was actually a quote that she says about uh, in, in this. Yet with all the swirling around me, I could feel another presence as surely as the rabbit senses the hound. He was there. I suddenly understood the nature of the electric air. Bob Dylan had entered the club. <laughs> this knowledge had a strange effect on me. Instead of humbled, I felt a power, perhaps his, but I also felt my own worth and worth of my band. So I, I find like a lot of like there's a lot in that in that quote that is I think what is what you what you would say as spiritual romantic yeah. uh yeah but then there's also like she ends it with like this thing that is definitely like a, 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 a an element of truth right where it's like because he's there i feel validated yeah i think we all have that in our lives in some component yeah. whether we're willing to admit it or not yeah which is like just having that person watching my movie listening to my concert. It's gratifying. Reading my book. It's gratifying. Yeah. And it empowers you. Yeah. Right? So like, yes, in packaged inside of this really romantic like perspective and like spiritual perspective comes this little vi- bit of ego. Little bit of ego. Yeah. Which is you know, I, and I and I always say this to you is like ego, if you're creating anything anything I feel like you have an ego, right? Because you're making a statement to the world. You're saying, "I have something important to say." Right. Listen, unless, to, unless you
1: don't show it, unless to anybody. you don't show it to anybody.
0: Right. So it's not a question of do we have an ego or do we yeah. not have an ego. It's how do we balance our ego yeah. if we're creating things? Because by the definition of creating things, we're saying to the world, "I have something important to show you. Come look at it." Yeah. You know. So we're saying we we think what we're saying is you know we're important, right? But I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying that everyone has that, and yeah. it's about how do you balance. it. Well, that. I think that's really comes down to like that that we want
1: to feel like there's a purpose, yeah. Like and and there's a there's something that we can do. You know, we we know not to take this in a completely different <laughs> direction, but we know that all of us our life is going to end, right? And I'm going to die yeah. one day. And, like, maybe I have something that I can say that I could put out into the world. Like, like Patty Smith is someone that for at least a short amount of time, you know, I don't know how long, at, but after she's gone, you know, she'll still be mentioned. Her work will be there. It It'll will be remembered. exist. <laughs> it's in the record, right? She'll be remembered. <laughs> and I think that all of us would like to believe that, like, we're living for something, right, that is going to outlast us. And so if I can create this thing and put it out in the world and, and you can respond to it in some way and you let, you can let me know, you know, like you, you've, you've listened to, uh, interviews with lots of artists, I'm sure at this point. And, you know, one of the things that you hear a lot, um, is, you know, I, I'm thinking particularly of musicians, but, you know, um musicians who interact with their fans and their fans literally will say things like your song saved my life yeah like can you imagine like doing anything (laughs) just because you had an idea and they're like well i wrote this song because i was going through this or whatever and i put it out into the world and somebody hears it and then literally sees you at some point later is like i was like really going to a dark place and and your music or your yeah. book or your whatever, I mean, like— That's amazing. That's amazing, right? And I think it, in some small degree, we all feel like we have something yeah. in us that's wise that we can share with somebody else. Yeah. I have something that can help you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, that's that impulse, you know?
0: and So and to, go to go to— Whether that. you're
1: consciously— thinking it that way or not like we have that desire to put stuff out.
0: Yeah, so uh, so just to kind of talk about the whole finality, the whole death thing that you just brought up. She has a great quote, uh, it's early on in the book and it says, "One night on Hall Street I stood at the entrance of our bedroom while Robert slept and had a vision of him stretched out on a rack, his white shirt crumbling as he turned to the dust before my eyes. He woke up and felt my horror. What did you see?" he cried. "Nothing," I answered. Turning away, choosing not to accept what I had seen, though I would someday hold his ashes in my hand. Mm. And so she has this like vision or premonition of him dying, burning mm-hmm. while he's laying there. And I think you can't help but assume that that is something that you th- that she then would think about to generate uh, appreciation for the relationship. Right. Right. It's that whole idea of finality of like, uh, this is like, she just envisioned him burning to ashes. Yeah. You can't help but think at that point that death is real. Like that would happen at some point. So yeah. like this might not last forever. Right. And like, there's great power in that. And so, you know, I've talked, we've talked about this. I've, you know, I've taught, written about it and, you know, there's artists that, you know, great songs that are written um, with this vein and, um, you know, I, you know, the stoic philosophy and all that stuff. I mean, about, you know using death as a as leverage in your life essentially um but i just think we don't think about it enough i don't think we th- consider our mortality enough i don't think we think about death enough it, that in itself has a lot of meaning and a lot of purpose behind it and you know i, I think that she, she articulates that uh you know through that and
1: yeah no i mean I, and i think really one of the great things about a book like this is you know In a weird way, just like kind of uh, when we read back in January, twenty-one lessons for the twenty-first century, and it could just send you off in any direction. Thinking on the the, this one is an emotional; it does the same thing emotionally if you're open to that. You know, it's like there's really nothing that we experience right that you can't tie into. Yeah, some of the things that you read about in the in a book like this one, right? No, um, you know, fundamentally, you know, life and death and creation and relationships. Well, well, and, I mean, these are I mean, these are the things that all humans let's talk have, about it. have experienced, right? And and that's what how that feels, what it feels like to have. Life and to live a, a conscious life. I mean, that's what these things. Yeah. That's what this and, is I about. I mean,
0: we don't even talk about like all the things that Robert is going through. I mean, we're talking no, primarily right. about R- pa- Patty Smith, right. but when I mean, Robert is. Let's, let's you know, his he's. I don't want to say he's confused sexually, but he's got all these different right. like right. You know, he he's with her, yeah. and then he has uh, you know relationships with other men, right, and then. You know, he gets AIDS. Right. You know, that's how he dies. Right. I mean he's he it's not like you know, so there's all these like big like Well, and he's
1: basically spending a decent amount of time like hustling like he's a prostitute. Yeah. You know, like to and make make, make to, some money. Make but money. but also because I think there's something you know, one of the one of the quotes very early on in the book, um, she says we used to laugh at our small selves, saying that I was a bad girl trying to be good and that he was a good boy trying to be bad. Through years, these roles would reverse, then reverse again, until we came to accept our dual natures. We contained opposing principles, light and dark, right? And so I think very much, especially with Robert, all the kind of turmoil he, he goes through... You know, as he kind of explores and and never is quite sure, like, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Um, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Um, and you know, I think through it all, like he he identifies with the idea that he is an artist, like yeah. that's what keeps him true. But you know, the other thing that's well, really hard—that's hard, that's his escape. Yeah, the art is the escape. Yeah. But the other thing that's that's hard is that you know, like in terms of like his sexuality, for example, which is you know, she 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 talks about it without like talking about it yeah. like to, like she doesn't very yeah. explicitly yeah. but um you know he's like a lot of you know men in that that time you know he's he's struggling with the can i be an out and open yeah. homosexual it, it, like it, it's it's hard to almost look at that well he doesn't the tell co- us
0: he, the, he the whole there's the whole parent component where he's not telling the family well, right and like he, he, they even talk about it. she. They talk. About, they have a whole piece on that in the book where, right? They're, they're, the discourse is like you know him not telling, like doesn't right. want to – and, and, and they're supposed to be married, and they're supposed to be married, and then yeah. they got to fake being married or, what, yeah. or you know what, what what whatnot. Yeah,
1: but it's just it's just interesting to look at it because through the context of two thousand and nineteen, it's 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 yeah, it's hard to kind of like put yourself in a time where like even in like that life, yeah. like the like. What yeah. you would probably consider like the most liberal, yeah, setting. Setting. He's still not like you know. It's so unsure because it's just not something that has you know yet, you know, made its way into the into the culture in a yeah. way where where people could feel comfortable and like it's, and it really I think kind of rips him up quite a bit. Like yeah. that. That's what it, what it seems anyway. That that that's a a lot of his struggle. Yeah, is, is is I mean, well, that and the art that you know, he creates
0: is is right. a lot of it's like bondage and like right. all kinds of yeah you know very and, yeah you know provocative racy right. Art. I,
1: well, I think he's most he's most famous for his his photograph like his nudes like yeah. his photographs. You know, and uh, I I don't know that much. You yeah. know, I I yeah, yeah. it's actually funny. My only exposure to Robert Mapplethorpe <laughs> before reading this book really and looking you know really looking into it is from an episode of the simpsons where like you know (laughs) bart is doing something he's not supposed to be doing and they're like what are you doing And he's like i'm just reading and he picks up a book and like on the front cover it says like robert maplethorpe and there's just like a a picture of a man from like his oh, stomach yeah. down to like his legs and you could just see his butt you know and Bart is just like he picks up the book and he opens it and you see his eyes on the other side and I'm just like so that was like literally yeah. that was my impression before I, I read the book and you know it's like oh well now I understand so you know, another so, joke I get <laughs> yeah. I Well, it,
0: it, so here here's a, how I mean I guess I could have started with this but I'll end with it is you know I really didn't know much about either of the two people before yeah. I read the book and I it was kind of intentional. You know, I mean, you know, it's not that I didn't know who they were. It's just I wasn't – I didn't dive into them really at all. Mm-hmm. And so when I made the commitment to read the book, I didn't want to even watch a video about them any because I just wanted the book to be the only thing that I – you know, to, to to frame my impression and then work my way out from there. And so I don't know. How that will change my opinion because I'm gonna now engage with more of their stuff to mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, get the fill it in from the, the back way, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you kind of did have no, a little, a little bit, bit, you but. know. Um, but you know, I think at the end, we'll, we'll just end it with this. It was an interesting thing is she, this book was why the book was written, you know. So, the literally the last words that she said to him before, when he was dying of AIDS, right he goes to her will you write our story and he she says do you want me to he said you have to he said no one but you can write it i will do it i promised though i knew it would be a vow difficult to keep i love you patty i love you robert and that was the last words that they ever spoke to each other according to to patty smith right and so you know it was like this vow she had to tell this story which is a story of two kids right in Everything that we've are, you know, talked about in this conversation, yeah. support and art and the intersection of art and relationships and how all that intertwines. And the interesting thing is their story never makes it out of New York City, right? Like it's like yeah, they travel, they go to different places, like right? she goes to Paris and but what I mean is this is this this, this story took place over a you know, the, the the just kids part took place over a a small yeah, a short schmalt period of time yeah. in New York City and this is all the meaning that comes out of it yeah it's really a testament to that whole concept of we could find meaning in like all these yeah like like micro relationships and micro th- experiences that we have in our lives even though they end eventually. Yeah. Even
1: though. Well, they're formative and they're very important. I mean, I mean you know. You know, and in it, this case,
0: I mean, it, it. Well, in this case, it yeah. was like, it was probably yeah. the springboard, right? But I think that there's those meanings packed in all of the relationships. Yeah. And so I think that that meta example comes out, but it's just interesting that it was a vow that she made and then she kept it. And yeah. she wrote a beautiful book. You know, yeah. It was a really nice it,
1: it it is yeah. I'm de- it was definitely I'm definitely glad I read it. It's just it's just interesting to me though that like it's funny to listen to you say like how little you knew going into <laughs> it. And I I honestly like I know more, but not like a ton more. But like I can imagine like if you know. Like the history of art movements, and you know about you know French expressionist poets, and you know about the beats, and you know about the history of rock and roll, and you know about the civil rights movement, and everything that happened in the 60s, and Vietnam, and, and just all of this context. Like, this book reads a lot different. A lot different, but I still think you would get a lot of fundamentally the same kinds of things, but you could certainly read it as a just... You know, how was Patty Smith and Robert Maplethorpe a continuation of art movements of the of the twentieth century, right? And and where do they fall and how were they influential in the art of today? I mean, that would be another lens that somebody might read it through. I mean, I'm never gonna read it through that lens because I'm just not gonna do the backwork to to know all that stuff. You know, I'm happy with my, my notes, but it's just but I still think, despite all that, like what comes through is just like the the humanity of the relationships and that just drive to to create and yeah. and and make that meaning um, and do it, you know, collectively. You yeah. Know? And, and and that you know, I, I think that is inspiring. It is romantic, but it is inspiring. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with a little
0: romance in your life. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Uh... I like a little romance. I'm trying to
1: embrace my inner romantic. <laughs>
0: I know it's hard know? for you. It is hard for but me. But I'm pulling it out of you. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's
1: always been there. You know, it's but it's like only 25 percent of me, not not 50. Uh, you know, I'm trying to up that percentage just a
0: little bit. So I, I, okay, so we'll end on that note because I think it's a good one to end on. Darren's romantic. Uh, <laughs> we'll pull in the romance, out, romance out of Darren. So we do have another book, right? For for June, uh, we'll kind of make this a, a quick transition. June, summer. It's unbelievable, right? Yeah, we, we, we feel It like ju- feels like just yesterday. Um, we're going to leave the art. We're going to come back to it, though. I made a promise to, <laughs> to, to come back to it because I, I really enjoy reading those type of books. This was all the romance I could take, though. This is all the <laughs> romance there I could take for a while. So we're going to go back to uh, science, actually. And we're going to read Stumbling on Happiness by Daniel Gilbert. So this is uh, was a, it's a book that came out, I think, 10, 12 years ago. Really well-regarded Daniel Gilbert is a psychologist from Harvard, and it's really uh, a book on what makes you happy and how do we define happiness in in our lives. And uh, you know, uh, it's gonna be uh, pretty, pretty fun read. And uh, you know, I've, I've read a little bit about it before, and some people who I greatly respect have recommended the book. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to read it and uh, go pick it up. June book, *Stumbling on Happiness* by Daniel Gilbert. Darren. Sounds good. I just I just bought it. <laughs> wow, excellent. Look at that. Malcolm Gladwell's on the cover of it. He says, if you have even the slightest curiosity about the human condition, you ought to read it. Trust me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. This has been great. Yeah. Darren, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Wait, before you go, I used to ask people to rate and review the podcast because it helps people find the show and it helps the show in general. But what I realized was this was kind of self-serving. And sure, I put a lot of work in the podcast and I care a lot about it. But honestly, I don't really care if you rate it or review it. Although I'd be honored if you did. What I truly care about is if you actually do like it. So you're inspired by it or you tune back in and you're excited to listen to the episodes that you share it with somebody else. Tell a friend, family member, or a colleague. This happens to be a much straighter line to helping the show and helping other people find the show. But that's all I've got. I promise my rant is over now. Thank you so much for listening and your ongoing support.